this guy, that guy, and this other guy in. We've seen that laser shot a few times already this year from Brock Besser. He's got himself a spring. Head up all the way, head up, head up, head up, takes a look, and then you can hear the ping, the shooter's ping. You can see that shot knocked down. Kendrick, back for Daniel. Such a go, he scores! The Area 51 Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Area 51 ho- Hockey Podcast with Nick, Sean, and Jess. We're sorry for the delay in the podcast this week, but for the first time since we actually started up, us boys got together and we were at a wedding this weekend. How'd you guys enjoy it? It was lots of fun. I uh, had a great time. Uh, got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in forever, like you guys. Uh, it was good catching up with you boys. We had lots of laughs, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm usually not a big wedding guy. I'll be completely honest. I I like the dancing. I love dancing, but I just it's a lot of people. It's kind of overwhelming a little bit to me to have so many people like all around you, and you have kind of these little short, brief conversations with everybody, and it's kind of whatever and boring to me. But I had a blast at this wedding. I thought it was I thought it was great. It was great, obviously, to see you boys too, because it's been a long time since the three of us have been all together in the same place. It's usually like, well, Nick and I see each other all the time because we're in Kamloops, but yeah. Um, like if we do ever see Jess, it's like one of us sees Jess and that at a time. Right. So yeah, it was awesome to kind of get to see everybody. We got a hilarious photo of the three of us, uh, which oh, we're man, turning that... Jess into a meme. That one made me laugh. I I was dying, man. That that photo is just too good. I'm going to share that, like, as this Oh, as this drops, drops. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too good. And then that's going to be the new, that's going to be the new meme. It was my face watching Louis Erickson, you know, just casually skate through center ice. I thought that was, I thought that was your Louis Erickson imitation. Yeah, mood. that's like, oh man. If I had been looking up, like all oh, that would have been oh, too geez. good. Eh? It would have been good. That was uh, your reaction to Louis should, Erickson well, being announced as the captain on oh, opening night. Man. <laughs> I'll try and edit a picture of the side by side comparison. Yeah, yes, that'd please great. do. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, I do have oh, one so funny good. story from the wedding I want to share. I'll make it brief so we can get into hockey. Yes. We do have hockey talk, but Sean's gonna love this. So we're all on the dance floor. <laughs> And we're just having a good time or whatever. And I keep stepping on this dress. And I'm just oh, looking oh, down at the dress. Hold on, back no, up. Okay, hold up. dress is it? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get yes. to this. No, no, so one sec. I'm going to get to this. So I'm just looking down at this dress and I keep stepping on it. And I just like give it the most <laughs> disgusting look and I like side swipe it with my foot. And then the moment I do that, I immediately look up and realize it's the bride's dress. And I've just, like, kicked it right off to the side. Just be like, get this crap out of my face. And Sean is literally dying on the dance floor. He can't even dance anymore. Not like he couldn't to well, start I'm with. Him, I over at him. And he, like, looks up, and I think he finally, like, realizes what he just did. And I'm like, did you just kick the bride's dress? <laughs> Yeah, I just kicked that thing out. Do that? She didn't. She didn't notice. I don't think. No, she didn't notice. (laughs) Nobody else saw it, but I was dying. Like I was full blown crying, laughing on the dance floor. It it was pretty funny. Couldn't believe it. That was such a dirt squirrel move. It was. Oh, that was that was a dirt squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. 
that that's one thing of the look and the kick just yeah. like i literally looked down i was like, like this crap on my way <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm dancing over here. Oh, but what a fun wedding. It was good. Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah. So before we get into the cannot talk, I'm actually just going to mention we have some retirements this week. Uh, Cronwall, mm-hmm. Ward, Lovejoy, McKenna. I believe that I covered all of them. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those guys and their uh, careers. Shout respectfully. out to uh, Canuck legend, but, Mike but, McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. What a beaut. That guy should, you know, he's like the new Luongo. He's just so good on Twitter. Yeah. Um, he's, did you see he's, he's going to be covering the Vegas Knights? I did. Yeah, yeah that's going to yeah. be awesome. That's, that is going to be awesome. Well, him, so Luongo, uh, and Lack are the best former uh, Canucks on Twitter. Oh, could you, no. They should. Alex Ald, I have to add him in there, too. Oh, they, Much all love four for Alex those guys, All four of those guys should start their own podcast together. Got, oh man! I have a goal. They, all four of them need to join us on our podcast at some point. Okay, yes. I have a challenge for next week, and we'll all work on it. I okay. think it'd be super cool. We have to come. We have to make the best starting lineup of social media presence. Like okay. of past players? No, I'm just. You can no. use active players. Just like yeah. your best oh, okay. hockey just player like, personalities. You have to build a starting right. lineup with it. So three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. So how do we decide whether it's the best or not based Just, off their social media presence or their actual careers? No, their social media presence. All social media. Careers. Yeah. So okay, who, okay. which which hockey player or former hockey player has a great social media presence, former yeah. or not? So Man. I think that'd be a pretty fun thing. One thing I want to mention about Cronwall retiring: he's forty-five games short of a thousand. Yeah. And that's a big deal to players, right? It is. He's played mm-hmm. 15 years in the NHL. He's Cronwelled like at least 20 to 50 guys somewhere <laughs> in there. And, you know, just to be okay with, you know, I'm not, you know, he doesn't accept a 900K offer. He's just, yeah, I don't need a thousand. He just goes away peacefully. Like, that's a huge move to Boy, the organization of Detroit, right? Like, you that's, know. A, that's a, that's a, that's and, a huge move. And you know you've you even you know you have left your mark on the game when they literally name a hit after you. Like yeah. forever. Like even even the huge hit right on the boards, about, right at the blue line. Yeah. When you think about like um PK Subban hitting Brad Marchand, you remember when he turned his back and hit Marchand? Mm-hmm. That was a Cronwall hit. He got yep. Cronwall. It was. Like, when you turn yeah. your back and the guy's face hits you. <laughs> that is getting Cronwald. Yeah. Oh, and right at your own, right at the blue line, like at the blue line along the boards. That's yeah. the Cronwall hit. Hundred percent. And it was devastating. Like I would love to see, kind of a compilation of all of the hits, or like a, like almost a hit list of all the names that he just all the guys over the years. I'm sure it'll all come out. Yeah. yeah. Everybody who got Cronwald at some point, because that would be an unbelievable list. Okay, so the big I think this is the big Canuck news of the day. Goldobin is signed, the most important RFA we have, right boys? <laughs> In my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Free Goldie. Uh, maybe not the most important, but probably the most polarizing. At least as far yeah. as oh, players go on sure. this team. Him and Vertanen, I feel. I sent him an I sent him a, an Instagram message after he signed, sending him a congrats. And uh, he he sent back a uh, just like a, a heart, like a like. 
he liked the comment. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me he needs to come on the podcast with us now that he's done. Well, you have the in. You have the in already. Oh, well, I'll send him a message, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Because isn't there a thing where they're not allowed to like cast or something? I don't know. There's some. I don't, I don't there's know some present. Well, they probably have some like guys this Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think there's something. Could be. Maybe it's just a Canuck role, you know, where they just don't want them talking um, too much or something like that. But hopefully, that would be sweet if we got Goldie on here. Well, and One like hat tips to like Chris Faber and his free Goldie movement. He had an awesome article that he did for the Canucks Army, like this huge deep dive into his final closing statements on the free Goldie movement that he's been spearheading for so long. So I w- I'm happy to see Goldobin get a shot, and I I really think that this could be his kind of. I mean, this has to be his breakout year, right? Like, if yeah, it's going it to happen, it has to be now. Uh, so, one yeah. year, 900K. So, on opening night roster, does he have a spot? I think, I think, the, so. I think so. The work he's put in this year in the offseason, and I think he's going to battle really hard at training camp, and I think he is on opening night roster. I think he has a little slip-up. 10 games in where he gets like scratched and and then and then I think he's good to go for the rest of the year. I hope so. Does he start in the top 9? Yeah. Yeah. He has to. He's well, he has kind to. Of he's not a fourth line player because no. Jim Be- Jim Benning said today that he wants three lines of scoring, which is a different attitude that or a different philosophy that he's been preaching over the last 5 years. He's talked about two scoring lines and two checking lines. So now he's talking about three scoring lines. So that's mm-hmm. a different. He has a different attitude this year about what he's good because that's what it takes to win in today's NHL. Is you need three scoring lines. This yeah, like the game has gotten so fast and so offensive that if you don't have the firepower to keep up with these teams, you're getting left behind. Like there's, you know, there's teams that have three solid or even four solid scoring lines and the Canucks can't be that team to deploy, you know, just six guys who could get the job done. It has to be at least nine and then a, a fourth line that can chip in, but is a shutdown rule. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, in the last, in the last 10 years, you think about it, the fourth line has basically won the Stanley cup because you get so deep in the playoffs where your first three lines are pretty tired and, you need that secondary scoring to really chip in yeah. to get you past Brian, those third round, you know, into the Stanley Cup and then really push for the Cup. Well, and even beyond scoring, you need that fourth line that will just grind the other team's top nine down, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need to have that and if you energy don't, line more than If anything. you don't trust them to go out there against the second, third line, like, you know, yeah. that they're not really, they're not beneficial to you. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, there'll be continued, you know, question marks around the third line, um, who's on it kind of thing, what the what the setup of it is. Because we do have Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter, who are both kind of defensive centermen. I mean, I won't get too much into that just because it's kind of been beat to death already this summer, and it's just kind of about time we just finally get to see it in training camp and see what actually happens instead of speculating on it all the time. 
But I think that's going to be indicative of what this top nine looks like is whether Brandon Sutter gets uh, an extended look at the center position, gets a chance to break out or try to come into his own and some kind of offensive ability, uh, or uh, whether Gaudette gets that opportunity and gets to take advantage of that, or even if they swing JT Miller down. You know, I think everything revolves around that third-line center spot, and everything else will just fill in around there. But it all centers, I think, right now about around Brandon Sutter and what they do with him. I feel like if you move JT to the third line center, like people have been talking about, though, your wings start looking not so good in that top six. Mm. Maybe, but I mean, that's kind of where, you know, is it going to be top six or is it going to be top nine, right? Yeah. Brandon Sutter sucks all the offense out of lines. He's a great shutdown center of his own line, right? Instead of, um, being able to have the defensive abilities that I would rather trust to Jay Beagle, you know? So, but he's also an offensive killer. Sutter? That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he's he's a good shutdown center of his own line. Like, he shuts down his own line. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> right? like, yeah. He doesn't necessarily shut down anybody else, but he's great at sucking all the offense out of his own team. So it's just... it'll be interesting to see kind of... Uh, how long of a rope they give him in trying to rebuild his value. Because I think the goal right now would be to uh, reinstill his trade value so that they can flip him, right? Mm-hmm. At some point. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But I don't I see feel it like until if they the could find, I feel like if they could find a really good click for that third line, especially in the center role, whether it is Sutter or Beagle or Goddard, is probably going to be one of the biggest things for the Canucks this year. Or Miller, mm-hmm. if they play Miller down there. I feel like if they can get that third line rolling, and if JT Miller isn't part of that solution where he can stay in the top six, that's huge. Yeah. that They'll start winning totally games agree. off that. Because their top six looks good. Like I, Regarding everyone healthy, five out of the six players everyone has in the top. If, if it's JT, Furland... Besser, Pedersen, Horvat. Those five out of six are in basically everyone's top six to start. Yeah. So if yeah. you only got to fill one of those and not pull away Miller and that third line can just click, uh, they're going to look a lot better than people are expecting, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you guys, you, you I mean, you have guys like Berchi, uh, Pearson, Vertan, and Goldobin, right? Like you have even Gaudet, like you have guys that could. Uh, fill in those either that extra top six spot or fill up a whole another top nine line. Um, the question would be just kind of where who ends up taking that last spot yeah. in the top six because as you were saying, I think those top five are concrete in whatever order. Uh, and then for your top your third line, that's a giant question mark how that lays out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. For Sutter to be a success, successful offensive third-line center this season, like, what do you think? How many goals does he need to score? Like, ten? For, for people to be happy. At, at least 10, 15. Ten? Like, he just needs to chip in a little bit. Like, nobody's asking him to be a 20, 30-goal scorer, right? Well, like, the real... He just wants to well, have a couple 
The real question just though, is, it will be his assists. Like we need more than yeah. one. Yeah, like last year. Yeah. Last year just kind of sucks because he didn't get to play much, and he never got hot. But the year before that, he played sixty-one games and had eleven goals, fifteen assists in sixty-one games. So over at eighty-two game pace, you're looking at fifteen-ish. Yeah, 14, and I so. think if he gets back to that kind of pace, we could flip him no problem. Yeah, right. And especially with a, at the trade deadline, if you are to trade him, then it's only a full season left. Exactly, right. and I mean he's decent in the face-off circle as well. So if he can show that he can put points on the board and win face-offs, teams are going to ask about him. Yeah. Right, yeah. he's not at a such a bad contract that it's uh, a deterrent. Right, if he plays like that, no. it's it's just a matter of him playing like he has last year, especially. That contract looks really bad. Yeah, right? if teams are just looking for a fourth line center to shut down, there's much better options that come at a cheaper price. But yeah. if he can get his value back up to where he was on a 15 goal pace over an 82 season, 82 game season, well, then at the trade deadline, yeah, you start being able to swallow that extra year if that's the case. You can make him fit yeah. into your plan for that playoff push and the next year. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's always teams that are hungry for like center depth going into the playoffs right yeah. you oh, that's such a key role for having a, a push like that adding a veteran presence if he's hot at that time of year that's the, worth it for a lot the, of teams the perfect team that might be looking for it too is carolina well carolina or even like dallas you know teams that have been starving for depth colorado well, we i was gonna say colorado depth. but yeah we won't be making trades with dallas anytime soon no, but like you know, those kind of teams that are have been looking for depth up front for quite some time, they have a good first or second line, and they just need that extra push that maybe get a little bit further into the playoffs. That's yeah. those are possibilities. Yeah, I, I know think... the the relationships damaged pretty bad between Dallas and Vancouver, but I think the point is, I think if you're a team looking to acquire Brandon Sutter, is at the trade deadline, is you want depth and you probably have a guy in your prospect pool that could maybe play next year or is a year away that you think could step up by then. So you just need to buy a little time, if anything. Yeah. I think those are teams that would be calling. I don't, I can't name any off the top of my head, but teams in those kinds of situations. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there might be some kind of change of scenery guys too that you could potentially make a swap. Like, think about the Niederreiter for Rask trade. It was a bad trade on Minnesota's part, but essentially it was, in concept, a change of scenery trade, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you can find... Kind of like, like the a, Sven Barchi trade. Like, that, in in a sense, was yeah. definitely a, scene of, a change of scenery trade. Like, And, and you know well, what? who knows and, if we see another halfway, one. Halfway yeah. through the year, like, if Vertanen's not doing what we expect, like, we could see a change of scenery trade there yeah or even with Berchi again like i uh i have a hard time picturing Berchi in this lineup finding a spot for him to be completely honest i think what happens with Berchi is he plays 20 games and he retires for health health purposes I mean, I hope for his case that doesn't happen, but yeah, yeah that's a major concern for me. Because if there's anybody I, that I'm looking to trade, 
is probably Sven Berchi just because of the question marks over his health. I just I don't think that he's fully recovered from the concussion, and I I think he gets not popped, but like he has a rough you know a rough in with somebody, and and then twenty games in, he's kind of like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, you think of like Andrew Luck just retired out of the NFL. Like that was a that was not expecting that. You know, no. but these players, this game, these games are hard on people. Yeah. Well, and it takes a toll on you having injuries. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly being in recovery and rehabbing injuries, being away from the team and the game and. Uh, that takes a massive emotional and mental toll on players too, not just their body, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And when you're dealing with concussions too, like, not that's also that's a brain injury. So on top of being an emotional and mental um, struggle to and having that toll on that, you also have a physical injury to that center of your body too. So yeah, um, it's. It's tough, you know. Sucks like, for a dude that's twenty six. Totally, yeah. Like that's and, and who's good. Like it's yeah. Oh yeah, when Berchi's healthy, know, no one's ever calling for him to be scratched. No, he's a solid he's, contributor, he's a solid player. And yeah. if he is healthy, like we hope he is. Like I definitely have other people on this team I scratch first over him, or look yeah, to get rid of over him. But when health concerns, it's just. It's just it's unpredictable, and then at the end of the day, it's a business, and you're like, okay, well, if this player keeps having health issues, do I try to get something out of him before, you know, it ends up like that? So, yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, you hate to think like that, right? But it is a business, like you said, right? Yeah. And if you, if you know that you have some reservations about a player potentially not being healthy long-term, and there's offers and teams that are interested in and taking that player on, yeah, you probably are a little you gotta bit consider more it. by that, right? Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna be like, no, I'm gonna hang on to him because of sentimentality. Like that's just not how the league works. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right, so just to go back to Goldobin for a second, we all have him penciled in on our starting opening night rosters, and we all have him penciled in our top nine. Do you guys <laughs> believe there is an actual chance that he gets to play on that top line? With Patterson and Besser, it's very small. But I think he'll get a window there. Like I don't think he'll start out there, but I could see him getting. You know, if he's playing hot on a second or third line, but he gets rewarded with some time with PD and Bass, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like pretending that the Vancouver Canucks have never got injured. Like we're yeah. the most injury-prone yeah. team <laughs> out there. Like. You know, three exactly. weeks in, it will just be a disaster or something, you know, and and he'll have to play on the top line. So yeah. we'll hope that doesn't happen. But I have uh, it at 5%. He plays there. I, I have it at like 15, but, you know, 15% that he gets there. He he did have some pretty good chemistry with uh, PD. Oh, for sure. Did, yeah. Well, to, be, makes, to be fair, he makes PD makes plays. anyone look good. Yeah. yeah. But Goldobin has that, like, for he has the playing flair. with creative he has, players. He has, you have to have the flair of the, you. yeah, you can't just be a Milan Lucic out there. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. That's actually the example I was going to use. It's like, you can't be 
somebody with very low hockey IQ playing with a player that plays at that level, right? And that caliber. Like Pedersen and guys like McDavid play the game at another level. They play, they see the game three or four moves ahead of where it is, right? And if you can't keep up with that, then you're going to look really lost really quick, yeah. right? It's like playing a game of chess so, against someone that knows chess really well. They can see five moves yeah, ahead, and I know like two, three moves. Yeah, yeah. I, I I see two moves ahead because I'm no good at chess, and this guy, well, <laughs> this guy's five moves ahead of me. Like, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding, Nick? You you look at the move as it is. Hey, I can plan. <laughs> I can plan at least one move ahead. <laughs> but like with with Goldobin, he did have an impact on Pedersen's numbers too, right? Like. Uh, he does keep up, and if you look at any um, clips of them or any highlights of them, they actually feed off each other really well and read off each other really well. That's and I think the biggest knock for Goldobin is just his aggressiveness. Is you know, like Pedersen, Besser, all those guys are aggressive on uh, in their game, whereas Goldobin at times looked very passive, and I think that pissed Green off a lot. And so yeah. I, I, I see a much more tenacious Goldobin coming into camp and earning some more trust, right? Yeah. If that happens, I, I do see him getting at least a little bit of time with, with Pedersen and Besser at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also think... Oh, I also, sorry. Oh, sorry. Nope. I also think um, Besser gets... Uh, experimented on on Horvat's line a bit too this year. I mean, if they got to juggle some things up, I I totally see that happening yeah. for sure. I just think, you know, if if Horvat can find chemistry with like Furland or Miller or Pearson I, or Vertanen, Besser will stay with with Pedersen. I had a dream last night and. I, w- I woke up this morning and I was thinking, I don't think anyone, I haven't read anyone come up with this thought yet, to my knowledge, of a line of Furland, Petey, and Miller. Yeah, I mean, it, it could happen, right? Miller can it play could. either side. Absolutely. Uh, like, that would be an interesting just, line. Yeah. My, That's the thing. My, Green has so I mean, many different... Yeah tools he can mix and match them however he wants yeah that'd be a fun mm-hmm. line there's a possibility like i've also said i could totally see miller and Ferlin both starting on horvat's wing yeah yeah so you never know uh but speaking of besser uh, i want to talk about this keller contract that came out today because i mm-hmm. think there i think that's a pretty good comparable so in case you all didn't know keller got an eight-year Seven million? Is it seven million even? I should have double checked. No, it's it's seven one. Seven seven one two five. Seven one two five. Okay, for eight years in Arizona. So I, I don't know. To me, I I look at that, and if I'm Besser, I'm like, yeah, I want that money. Mm -hmm. I'm the better player than Keller right now. I don't think many people would argue with that. But good job for uh, good job for the Coyotes locking up their guy. I, I like that. Yeah. Well, and here's my take on it as a as a comparable for Besser's. Besser's a couple years older than Keller, right? Which ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, means nothing because 21 to 23. 
really isn't anything. Mm-hmm. Keller had a worse year last year. Right? He didn't score a whole lot. He was not good defensively. But with Keller, he went and locked in long-term on the eight-year contract. He has shown that he has the skill level to get better. You know, at 21 years of age, there's a lot of of ceiling room still left to go for Keller. And I think locking into that term, that's going to raise your your salary, your annual average value up. Because you're committing longer term to that team, right? I, I honestly think the Canucks and Besser are on the same page with $7 million, that that's the number. I think it's all yeah. down to term right now, whether it's going to be anywhere between three and six years. I think Canucks would like either three or six, and Besser can't want either four or five. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would I be think... really happy with either. I want five, personally. So I read... we. Who was that that I was telling you guys today that uh, the Canucks sent a, a couple of offers out this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's probably in the, they probably sent one of three and they probably sent six and they're like you choose. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, they could have. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly think we'll see a Besser signing um, by this time next week. Besser to me feels less. Sorry, sorry about that. My cat knocked my glass over. Uh, less important, <laughs> in a sense, of the RFA signings. Like, in the sense that I could actually see Besser getting signed before camp, or some of these other bigger names, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Like, well, not it's saying be- lesser... It's, it's also because he's, like, he's less important to you because offer sheet him. Yeah. So, it's, well, it's literally him. Well, offer sheet him. No, I... That's no, what he means. So, it's... That's... Yeah. No one can... No one can offer shade him, so it's just him and the Canucks talking. Whereas everyone's like stepping up last, like with Mitch Marner, like yeah, or Line this, or and then whoever. all of a sudden it's like, and then Philadelphia's like, we offer him twelve million. Yeah, I, yeah. I just see. Like, like to me, the the difference between like Besser and some of the other RFAs is that they're not looking or waiting for comparables. You know, I think mm-hmm. they're. They're just trying to figure out, you know, their their cap situation first yeah. and fit them in. Yeah. Brock's also had a crazy summer, right? Like with Duke's oh, yeah, with health, his dad and, yeah. um, with, with stuff like that. Uh, plus, he plays in the beauty league. I'm sure that doesn't hold anything up, but you never know. Um, Brock wants to be in Vancouver. Like, I don't know what this whole... There's a lot of rumbling around that people are saying, like, oh, I can, I can see Brock getting traded or wanting out at this really? point or that point. Yeah, I, there was I, some... Yeah, there, I honestly there don't get it. I don't get it. I didn't hear that at all, to be honest. For Everybody's me, like, oh, he's from Minnesota. He wants to go back to Minnesota. Okay, first off, why would anybody want to go back to Minnesota right now? Second of all, they don't have the room for him unless they're giving up a boatload, including, like, Zucker and probably Doomba. And then you have, like, I just don't get it. Like, not everybody wants to go home. Not everybody's pajama boy with, like, John Tavares or Jake Muzzin. They have to play at home. Like, yeah. a lot of players don't care. Yeah. They just, you know, they, they get to a place, they're treated really well, they love the city, and they stay. And Brock yeah, like Besser those... has been treated very well in Vancouver. He's very loved here. I don't those see why guys, he would want to go. They went to the worst tax 
place on the planet for the NHL. Like they, it's they literally just went home. Like it's mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense to me. And John Tavares is a great hockey player. He's a great signing. Yada yada yada. He is really handcuffed the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, and I, you... I called that as soon as it happened. Oh, so like, did I. And just add eleven million dollars into your salary situation and not handcuff yourself a bit. Because if he wasn't there, they would have to go to sign their guys and also to go after some other guys like defensemen. Yeah. But the difference between like John Tavares and Jake Muzzin wanting to go home and Brock Besser going to Minnesota is that it's the Toronto freaking Maple Leafs. Yeah. You know, the original six, one of the most storied franchises in like the center of the hockey universe. Compared to Minnesota Wild? No well, one wants to come play on. Minnesota, man. Well, okay, like, let's be fair. Up. I'm sure there's some aspect of him that probably wants to go home, even if it's like 2%. I just personally sure. think, I think the main two big differences, if Brock Besser really wanted to go home, are A, the age. Tavares and mm-hmm. Muzzin are much older. They've been in the league for a while. They both had success somewhere, at least at some level. So they're like, yeah, hey, you know what? Maybe I want to go home. And B, yeah. it's the state of the team. Toronto's definitely a contender. Minnesota's nowhere yeah. near a contender. So if Minnesota was starting to be a contender, yeah, okay, I could, I could start, I could start. But speculating. then at the same time, it'll be with Vancouver's being a t- contender. Oh, too. absolutely. Like Vancouver's going to be a contender before Minnesota. Sure. In my opinion. I agree. So hundred percent. Like for that, like I don't see why, like Jake Muzzin left a really bad L.A. team to go home to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who is now a contender, right? And he was traded, and in all fairness. John Tavares, at the time, left a very bad Islanders team. Correct. So He left a very mediocre team to go and make a run for the Cup with Toronto. Right? And yet they did better. It kind of worked out kind of funny in the end, but it didn't look like that when it happened. Right? Nobody was taking discounts or trying to go home to Toronto. When Toronto was bad. No, and no one had the Islanders pegged to even sniff the playoffs last year. Exactly. But I think the thing for Besser, which this whole contract thing, is is making it easier compared to other teams, is A, again, he can't be offer-sheeted. And B, mm-hmm. the Canucks cap really isn't going to change much. It might go up like a mil or two, like, but it's going to be like that. Their salary cap for this season, unless they trade somebody, is basically going to be... a really where it is so the money isn't mm-hmm. the issue because if they're arguing at seven and the cap and they have seven million cap you like you're are you only got to give like a hair like there's not a lot of room to play with so like you guys yeah. have said the only thing that can't be locked down by anything is the term you can any yeah. term you want really so that's where they're going back and forth on i think yeah well we talked a little bit before we started uh, the podcast we were just kind of chatting on the phone here before we started about you know if you sent down Erickson and Schaller you still you have about 7.13 million left in cap room just by doing those two moves which are fairly expected uh Jesse mentioned another one it was Biega and Fantenberg yeah they get sent Correct. down and and then Sal goes on uh LTIR and you got 8.8 8 million yeah, I mean, with the with the Erickson and Schaller one, you don't even need to put Roussel on long-term injury 
reserved no, I just, to have 7.13. But I if you do, you end up with 3 million extra. Right? I just think he will be. Oh, he will be. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you do that before you even put Roussel on long-term injury, you still have the money to do that. So, so, so like, either way. If, so even if we just put him on LTIR, we got 7.1, we're, we're fine. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't so sound like money's of... an issue from either side. One's no. maybe saying, let's say, Besser saying 7, Canucks saying 6.5. Like, it's not an issue of money. They'll no. figure yeah. it out. Whereas, whereas apparently, with, like, apparently with Ratnan, it's not term, it's um, money. It's, it's money. Yeah, and yeah. Marner and other players like that. I heard, a, so I was, I was hearing today that um, Marner came to a three-year deal of $10 million. Um, salary cap hit, but the third year was $15 million total. Oof. Cash paid out like that. And they, Toronto was like, no way. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that because he's already you know what that was? options overseas too. That, that was a flex of the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. what that was. And that's the other thing. Besser is not freaking out worrying, looking at signing with a team overseas or anything. Like, there's been zero speculation of that. Whereas no, some of yeah. these other RFAs are like already in contact with these other teams, right? So yeah. Well, yeah, because like Marner's already talked to Zurich. Well, they and, have to. They have Swiss to do. League. They have to stay in shape too. You got to consider yeah. that. Well, like Nylander did, right? Really, yeah. Nylander went over to Europe and he was training with the team, right? Like he wasn't playing any games or anything like that. He was just keeping in shape, staying, you know, trying to keep as game ready as you can without playing any games, but. I mean, it still mm-hmm. takes a toll on you as a player. Yeah. The biggest one that I'm very curious about, and the, pretty much the only RFA that I could actually see switching teams at this point, is Line A. And we talked yeah. a little bit about Line A earlier today, but like, I honestly don't think there's a lot there to rectify between Line A and the Jets. No. And, I mean, that's a big piece. Like, if somebody can add Patrick Line at some point to their roster, like, that's, that's I under- an injection of pure offense. I understand people are upset about his last year. He had a bad second half, especially, and everything, but the dude's still a 40-goal scorer at yeah. 21. Well, you, do you think he's not going to be pissed off after this summer? Yeah. Like, that guy's going to go on a tear. I feel it. I feel that guy's going to go on an absolute tear next season Yeah. with whatever team he's on. And and for- if he gets traded... Extra fire in his bones. Yes. And if it's Montreal, like look out. <laughs> then then Nick's gonna like blow I'm, up. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> well, there was. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about Lining because we're obviously Canucks podcast. But there was a tweet from Incarcerated Bob. He's a pretty reliable um, source, but he was saying that the the Jets are in talks with three Eastern Conference teams. So. And that's what I would do if I was Winnipeg. I wouldn't want him anywhere near the West. No. You know, like, imagine trading him, like, your disgruntled, pure sniper, and you trade him within your conference, and you face him in the playoffs. And he rips you apart. To Nashville? Imagine him in Nashville. I was just going to say, imagine in Nashville. 
Oh my god. Oh, like there's be no way. Like you just can't. You can't handle that. No. Can't deal with that. I to me when when I think of that and think about him going somewhere in the east, my brain immediately goes to Buffalo. Yeah. Um or Montreal. Buffalo with wrist aligning because they're hurting on the right side D and that's a, a massive wealth of They're hurting on D um, on both sides. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Like this summer was really bad for Winnipeg. It was not a good summer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they lost Myers, see. they they lost uh, Truba, they lost Tanev, and now they're still unsigned with Kyle Connor and Patrick Line with massive drama around Line. It's not a good summer in Winnipeg. The other team that I could see just having interest in him um, would be Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, but what do they give up, right? Like, they have almost nothing left. They've got yeah. like, no draft picks. They've got. I, I mean, can see the I can see but I think Winnipeg wants to move on, right? Yeah, I could see the Islanders. I, I yeah. even I like, I don't think Ottawa's a big threat, but they got cap space and they got prospects. Yeah, yeah, and they got Ottawa, a lot of picks. But Ottawa doesn't want to give out money. That's true. Well, and if you're Line, <laughs> you could just simply say, "I won't sign with you." Yeah, yeah. Oh, right? and that team's not gonna. Not oh, gonna for sure. I'm just saying, if teams are calling, that could make a potential pitch. Oh, yeah, totally. Carolina could be added to that, too, if they're willing to part with some pieces. They got D. They got got D. They've got lots of D. You know, you could do, like, a Brett Pesce. I don't think Lyman. Yeah, I don't think Lyman will be as bad this season. Fortnite's ruining their own game anyways right now, so maybe he'll hop on (laughs) another thing. Well, he is the, the NHL. Yeah. He did tweet out that that's the only game he'll be playing from now on. So just one addition yeah. to the next, I guess. No there you go. go. Um, okay, so one thing I do want to touch on that kind of came out today. Um, this was kind of fun because Canucks Twitter blew up. So TSN1040 10, tweeted something out about Eo Levy's health and not being healthy or ready to play or something. And then the Canucks official Twitter, like an hour or two later, just came out with Benny and being like, no, he's healthy, he's ready to go. It was kind of funny watching everybody implode on Twitter. Do you guys want to fill in on what happened there? Well, I mean, great comments. He he was he was spot on with this. Like they're not gonna throw him into the fire. He's he's recovering. Still, they're gonna ease him into training camp. They're not just gonna throw him into training camp. Like you think about an injury. We've all been injured. You don't just you know. Oh, I feel good. I'm gonna you know, go back to whatever I was doing right before I got injured. At full speed. Yeah, full speed. (laughs) Just full send. Always go full send, boys. Like, always (laughs) That's right. You never get injured going full send. No, never. (laughs) Well, like you were saying, Corey Hergott, comments Corey, said back in, like, June, uh, like, early beginning of the summer, like, don't expect Yo Levy to be just ripping by training camp. Give the kid some time to heal, right? Real Levy's going to be a great player. We all, I think, are a little um, anxiety-ridden when it comes to Real Levy just because we don't want him to bust, right? Yeah. And we're scared, like, too much time away is just going to continue to hinder his development. We've got to remember, he was a point-per-game in the AHL before he got hurt. He was doing very good- well. He's having a good development year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and he's a big boy. Like he's filled in. He's six foot three, two hundred pounds listed for the. He's the no, he's listed camp. six foot four. He, he grew an inch. He <laughs> grew an inch. Yeah. He Whoa! Grew, there we go. He grew, he grew an inch, man. But also, like the other. Side like, he's a big boy. I wish we had to pick Kachuk. I wish we had to pick Kachuk. I, I'm re- I'm really glad we're not paying Kachuk nine million right now. Like that's what he's wanting. Yes and like, no. Like I'd still yeah. take Kachuk well, in a heartbeat. Like but that's yeah. what happens when you get you good take player. a better player. You know, we lose on that one. We lose on Yolevi. Some people say you lose on um, Vertanen. Some people say, but then you get picks like Pedersen. Yeah, you could have Paul yeah. Colton coming. Thing is we have to stop looking thing. at him as the fifth overall pick. Yeah. yeah, you know we have to stop it. It's because it's because stock, other teams, other teams, can move on. Well, other teams um, were high on him too, but just not as high. Yeah. They had him ranked at seventh, eighth. You know. Yeah. So if it wasn't us, somebody was going to do it. And it's it's not like he's a bust. He's just had injuries. Not yeah, a big deal. Let's be you real. Know, he could not... com- he could completely turn out to be a boss, but he's not in that state yet. Yeah, that's just it. Like people are acting like he's you know time to move on from him, right? Well, look at like Puliarvi, same draft, higher pick, doesn't even want to play in the city. Yeah, yeah. Know, that's exciting news. I love that. And he still, but he still has trade value. Well, he's lighting it up and staying. Like, but that's just it, right? Like, if he he's given an opportunity, he's lighting it up now. Yolevi was doing the same thing when he was healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love how he's got great vision and great vision. If you ever look up, like, just some plays, even just along the blue line, like, he's got like elite level vision. He's not an elite player, but he's got great vision. Yeah, and I, I love that. That's going to be helpful in like a second pair D spot going in the future i did love how um the moment um pool party pool yarvi i always call him pool party when pool yarvi went yeah. to the khl in his first game he scored a goal i was just like <laughs> i love well, it was this. like what two minutes in or something yeah like that? it was like some... he didn't waste any time no i loved it Chaco. i'm like more <laughs> drama give it to me he's not busting uh, that's awesome. I, I love it. We can... wanted him to dwindle down a little bit just so that we could get him real cheap, or like somebody can pull him out of Edmonton for nothing and then have him explode. Like, well, I just see, wanted him to get out of Edmonton first. I'm loving it because I'm seeing him over there succeeding and him being like, I don't want to play in Edmonton, screw you. So I'm loving it as a Canucks yeah. fan, and I'm also loving it because um, he, uh, prospect, Pulling Army, goes over there and does good. Well, Nikita Sherback last year, he was a high pick in Montreal. Um, bounced around, and everyone was saying he was mismanaged and everything. They're, he signed a three-year deal in the KHL, and they're, like, into the preseason, and they're already talking about terminating his contract. Bob Hartley's, like, scratched him <laughs> and everything. Wow. So I'm like, oh, man. so I'm like, <laughs> I love it. So. Well, Sherback is a spoiled baby. Like, if you ever look up, like, any of his quotes, anything like that about his time with with any of the NHL teams, especially L.A., Oh yeah! Like what a entitled piece of garbage! Like yeah. he brought nothing to his team. No. Complete waste of space and a roster spot. The best thing and he ever he's did. Like, oh, you didn't utilize me good. Like the best thing on. he ever did for me was I was watching a Habs and Leafs game, and 
he scored on the Leafs, and I had my Leafs friend with me, and I just looked at his face, and I just yelled at him, loser. That's the best <laughs> memory I have of Sherpak. <laughs> just yelling at my Leafs friend, calling him a loser, because this prospect scored. Good times. <laughs> that's all he's ever done for me. But no, we yeah, are more drama in Edmonton. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I love it. So how? my question is, how many games into the season until the Oilers start oilering? I love that that has become. I love that that's become an adjective of describing themselves. Okay, realistically, yeah, probably twenty. I'm gonna say like game three. I honestly don't see them coming out with a hot start. I'm not gonna say they're a hot start, but I'll say they'll float around because just for the first three weeks, everyone's always in that same ballpark. It's just how it is to start the season. I think that's for the first two months, you know. The first two months of the season are complete crapshoot. Like, everybody's kind of all over the place, establishing themselves, getting yeah. into their rhythm, and then and then you start to see this divide between the good teams and the bad. Yeah. Like, realistically, you're we'll start... Hearing... like, Edmonton start to fall. Yeah. Like, realistically, you'll start hearing about it from media and everything like that around Game 20. But mm-hmm. if, if you look closely, I bet you most of other fans would agree. Game 4, Game 5... If, if they don't start off 4-0 or something. Like, they'll yeah. see the flaws, right? So, Yeah. I I have one note. So, I'm in, a, like, a Yahoo hockey pool. Then we did our, our fantasy draft, I don't know, I think a couple weeks ago now. Like, pretty you, early. You've drafted a hockey pool already? Hold on. Like, that's yeah, it was wicked early. Who, it was who w- does that, man? You don't do it until, like... You don't even know, like, who's starting roster. You don't even know yeah. who's... Oh, I know. That's it's, it's wild early. So I forgot about it, right? Like, I forgot we were drafting because it was just so early. It just didn't make sense to me. And uh, I go and I, I look, and it was auto-picked for me, right? Because I, was, I wasn't there. I ended up with McDavid at, like, third overall. Like, how did McDavid slide three spots? Like, I was I was like, I won the draft, and I didn't even do it. <laughs> who, who went first and second? Uh, I think uh, Crosby went first. Nice. Which I kind of laughed at because, like, let's be honest, McDavid is probably going to score way more than Crosby. Like, Well, Crosby's then... neat. They're not sure about him, or sorry, not Crosby. McDavid's knee. They're not sure about him. His health for the big season for the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, but I don't see that being an issue that takes him below like a hundred points for the season, right? So, no. like, as far as I'm concerned, I just got an easy hundred points in, on my hockey pool. I Is can't remember who went second, but it was it was pretty wild. Like I. It was a weird draft. Like, I went back and looked at the picks, and I think, like, Kucherov went 15th. I was choked because I was, like, obviously I would have picked him probably in my top five. (laughs) I was kind of choked that I missed the draft, but, I mean, I I think I still fared pretty well. This hockey pool sounds like a bunch of idiots if McDavid goes three and Kucherov goes 15th. Yeah, honestly. Like, I'm not (laughs) going to say what group it is just because of that, but... (laughs) It was uh, it was a they special. might be listening because they might be listening. <laughs> and then I just oh yeah, them. well I know they will be yeah uh, and I, <laughs> yeah I don't I don't yeah I don't want to <laughs> throw just, anybody I'm just the making bus. I'm just making the hockey pool more awkward for you stirring the pot. Yeah, 
<laughs> that just means I better win the thing, <laughs> even though I didn't get to make any of my picks. So I have, a, I have an easy excuse if I lose. Sometimes the auto draft is is better because it's not emotional. It's it's actually well. There's like... a lot of people picking like Canucks picks. Like yeah. I think, um, like I think Besser went in like the top fifteen picks, which yeah. I love Besser, but like, what are you doing, right? Yeah. You know, like I think it just kind of came to a point where certain guys didn't know very many players anymore, and it was, yeah, it, that's why with guys like Kucherov fell you're, so far. You're, you're talking about you're talking about Nick's brother-in-law for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> just roasting him. Yeah. Oh, he he'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think we're pretty much got everything wrapped up here. Is there any other subjects you guys wanted to touch on this week? We could spend like five or five ten minutes do wrap touching on other things, or are you guys good? Um. Uh, well, yeah. Thomas Drance is back in Vancouver. Yeah, that was. I um, um, to oh, I yeah, that's like, awesome. Thank you. So uh, he, he spent three news. years in Florida, and and he yeah. has a huge history of of writing um, about Canucks. So he started off in 2005 uh, writing um, with the Canucks Army, and he moved up to the editor, and then he left in 2016, I think. Somewhere around there to, to Florida pursue, as a PR. To Florida, yeah, as a PR, because he, he just got thrown in to pursue, or, um, covering a playoff series. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome excited. that he's back. He's, he's awesome. He like it'll be a it'll be a, we should definitely try and get him on here because he's mm-hmm. he's if you've ever read his stuff like he he's really good. Oh, yeah. he is. Yeah. Well, and you know, for for a fan base that has lost so much this summer, mm-hmm. uh, in that capacity, it's I'm not saying you know Drance is going to be. Botford or replace Botford or anything like that because nobody will. Yeah. But to add, you know, any more to add more coverage of that caliber of Drance, that Drance has is is a plus for Canucks fans and it's something to be excited about. Um, you know, the more the merrier for Canucks coverage because we're all uh, we're pretty rabid fan base. We love to have our our information. We like to have our opinions. We like to constantly discuss Canucks and Canucks-related topics. So having anybody of that kind of caliber can add um, their input in, that's a plus for, for anybody, any fan and their enjoyment of uh, Canucks writing, Canucks journalism, uh, radio, anything like that. It's nice to have, uh, it's nice yeah. to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I thought was funny was how pissed, man, did you sign off? Sorry, you cut out there, there. you cut out, out. I didn't hear any of that. Oh, okay. Just how uh, pissed about, um, talking about the, uh, Wierenski. Sorry, Jess, you keep Mm -hmm. cutting in and out, but you were talking about how pissed Tortorella was. With uh, all the UFAs leaving, right? With Wierenski? And, and Wierenski, yeah. Yeah, and where any time and how he would be to Southern. 
Yeah, we're, sorry guys, we're, we keep losing Jess here. Uh, maybe just go reset yourself. But yeah, I would be pretty pissed if I was Tortorella too. Um, you got all your... You got your UFAs who say they want to leave mm-hmm. and win. Yeah. And then they well, just made it to the second face. round. And yeah. they leave for teams that aren't even in the playoffs. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? Like, aside from, like, Duchesne, who went to a playoff team that was already a playoff team, they all said, we're leaving because we want to win. Yeah, yeah, Columbus, you know, they, they, they swept the lightning. Like, if they all stayed, which they did have the ability to, to keep everybody, they could... Like nobody would be counting them out of anything. For sure, you know, they're a good team. Yeah. So it was a backhanded uh, comment f- from all three of them saying that they wanted to leave for a winning, well, winning environment or a winning team. Yeah. Especially yeah, at, he know. was he, he sure. was saying that it, like it was here, like they, they yeah. had it. You know, their their window was opening for say a couple of years. So like, like you know, you talk about winning, and he thinks that's just. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I don't blame them. You know, like the problem for Columbus is they're a small market team in a city that hasn't historically been hockey mad, right? Like they, they generated some excitement this year. But let's face it, Panarin and Bobrovsky have been there for quite a while. You know, Duchesne and Dezingo had not been, but uh, they would have heard and they would have been around that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have those guys that are already have a foot out the door. Yeah. You know, they, they knew they locked in their contracts as soon as they beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So I, yeah, I would be frustrated too. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up. I got a little bit of fun fact for you guys. We'll, we'll quickly do to wrap okay. this session up. Um, so the big four additions to the Canucks this season are Michael Furland, JT Miller, Jordy Bent, and Tyler Myers. We're going to play a fun little game of where they were picked in the draft. So let's start with Tyler Myers. Where was he picked? Guess the route. First. Well, first round. There yeah, he was picked eight, first round. Eight, he was in the eight, top ten. Eighth overall. Sean? Shoot, I'm pretty sure Jess is right on that. But I'm going to say uh, sixth just because I can't pick eighth. <laughs> he, was not he... In the, he was not in the top ten. He was twelfth overall. Uh, Oh, really? and he, play, oh, and he okay. played for the Kelowna Rockets. Yep, he did. Yeah. Okay, Jordy Ben. Buffalo draft pick. Jordy Ben, where's the draft? Honestly, uh, he was a second third, round pick. Third round. It's a trick question. None of the Jordy, none of the Jordys were drafted. Written on the Bens. Sorry. What? Ben, what? Yeah, Ben. Sorry, was was Jamie Ben drafted in the fifth? Jamie Ben was in the fifth. Oh yeah. yeah. Jordy was Ben was never drafted. Jamie. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I got that confused. I was thinking of a different player there. But yeah. I love stories like that. That's a great career to carve out for an undrafted player. Yeah, absolutely. JT Miller. First round. Oh, Miller was was high. Like 20. He was a first round pick. 26th or 27th? I'm going to say 21. You guys got to go more for the middle. 15. Hmm. 15. 15th At least we're hitting the rounds. Yeah, you got those rounds. Yeah. And the Ben one was a the Ben one was a, a <laughs> trick question. That was a trick. That was a trick question, and I kind of butchered it. So, uh, last one, Michael Furland. Where was he drafted? I think the third round. 
Yeah, I want to say third too. Like, I think he was picked kind of early third, so probably. Uh, that would have been. I want to say like seventy-two. Well, you're both wrong. He was in the fifth okay. round. Oh. Oh. You want to take a random stab in the dark, or just want me to tell you? Ninety-one. Just go for it. He was one thirty-three. 133, yeah. Oh, 91 would have been been third round. I was going to say, I was going to let that slide, but you corrected yourself. It was like what I was saying earlier. I was like, third round. I was like, 91. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. He just said fifth round. (laughs) (laughs) You've been drinking on the podcast, Jess. Uh, uh, we yeah. talked about this, you know. <laughs> oh, did, what, did you have, uh, what about the other guy there? Uh, Bo and, and Tanner Pearson, they're also additions, technically. Last year, though. That's true. That's true. I don't, I'm not looking it up, though. Well, That's what about Fantenberg, our star demon? Yeah, Fantenberg's going to light it up oh, this my year. Goodness. Do you actually think he plays a lot? <laughs> Three, no, four games. I mean, four games. He's injury relief. Yeah. Depends. Well, case, I mean, he's, in that case, take he's eighty-two games. <laughs> yeah, eighty-two games. Subtract how many Tanav plays. That's Where was Fashenberg <laughs> drafted? <laughs> Seventh round. Oh, where? Yeah, just like what round? Oh. So oh, he was like a sixth. No, he was undrafted. Undrafted too. They got a lot of undrafted defensemen on this Canucks roster this year. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I like it. It's, it's either first rounders or you weren't drafted. Yeah. Unless <laughs> yeah. unless you're unless you're Furland, then you're just throwing. It. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. um I'm I got nothing else for this week. Do you, any last thoughts or anything you guys want to say? Uh no, just uh you know, I'm uh, recovering a little bit, just a little tired from driving the Coca-Cola like you know, 2 a.m. Oh and then goodness. driving all the way into work and, you know. There's a guy, goes to the oh, wedding, man. sleeps, goes to his parents the next day for a family reunion, leaves the town of Barrier, which is about five hours from Vancouver at like 9 o'clock at night, drives to Vancouver, gets in at like 2.30, sleep. Did you sleep? For like oh, yeah, hours? I slept. No, I, well, I woke up at. I woke up at five thirty, so you slept so like I, three I, hours. So whopping like two and a half like, hours. So I probably slept for like two hours, yeah. and then and went then to I, work. Yeah, see that would that would kill me even more than just staying up. I think. Yeah, you know, but uh, uh, those uh, no. days are long behind me, where no, I can stay up, up like that. You hit another kind of wall when you stay up the whole. Like if the two hours sleep, like you're tired, but you can you can function by nine or ten a.m. Like you're. That's fair. You know, but if you stay up all, all night, like, there's kind of like a, I don't know, like, there's like something in your eyes that you just can't get rid of. Like, even if you shower, just it's, you just want to die. I don't find that for me. I can find <laughs> I can like take a nap in the afternoon if I want, but I either need like a seven hour sleep or I have to stay up because if I... I will not function, and I probably won't even uh, get up if I sleep. At that point. Oh, see, I'm oh, one of those. Brutal. I'm one of those personalities or, or bodies that can actually function on six hours always. Like I can yeah. five six hours, and I'm fine like no. every night. But I'm old. Two is where I'm like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm hurting. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I couldn't do two anymore. Uh, Sean, any last words? Uh, basically, for for me, I guess it would just be, you know, I know that uh, it's been the dog days for quite a while, and we say this every week, but uh, we've made it through. We're at the point now we can actually watch the Canucks hit the ice, uh, at least just in player skates or uh, actual practices, anything like that. So yeah. now it's it's actually getting exciting. We're really excited to uh, to continue our podcast through the actual season, so that we have more topics than uh, than what we've had so far. Uh, if you're not following us already, uh, give us a follow. We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we try to be as active as we can on those platforms. Uh, we've, we're always sharing links. Uh, We've got big news coming up. I can't announce it yet, but um, we're really excited to to announce it. Um, we've got big things coming. Just stick with us, continue to grow with us, and uh, we appreciate all the support that you guys have had for us. Yeah, we appreciate it very much. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this week. Um, we'll see you all next week, and we'll have more hockey talk. Until then, see you all later. Thanks for tuning into this week's Area 51 Hockey Podcast. Hope to see you all next week. Till then, farewell.